Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Sunday Skate with Scott McLaughlin and Andrew Razor Raycross. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. Perfecting the art of fresh on WEEI. They're only three wins away for their total of all of last season. And Boston scores. Hampus Lindholm off the left post. And finally, something behind Hellberg for Boston. Room for DeBrusque, and a goal tipped in! Patrice Bergeron, a power play goal, and it's tied at two! Came free to Hathaway, McAvoy, now Noshik, here, rebound score! A sloppy rebound, left for Garnet Hathaway, and Boston has the lead for the first time today! Welcome to Sunday Skate. I'm Scott McLaughlin with Andrew Razor Raycroft, Bridget Prue behind the glass. You can join us, 617-779-7937. Text in 37937. Well, Razor, it was a close call. We didn't know if the Bruins were going to be able to do it, but they have clinched a playoff spot <laughs> with, with only 18 games to spare. Incredible. Nuts to see that. I was looking at the standings now to see the the X beside their name on on what is March twelfth. It's uh, incredible, incredible season, and and just for them to get to fifty wins already is what a what a number, what a testament to this team. And and I think yesterday, it, it, again, I think we say it every week, like oh, that's the epitome of this team, and we saw it again yesterday where. They're they're sloppy early, a little sleepy, and and they're they're able to have the mental fortitude to to come together and and understand and recognize they can't let it slip, they can't let it slip, and the leaders grab the team, and and then the the depth of this organization, the depth of this team comes through in the end. Yeah, fastest team in NHL history to fifty wins, third fastest to clinch a playoff spot, and you know the fact that they're the third fastest that's really just a testament to the fact that the Eastern Conference is actually pretty good and pretty deep and there's still a lot of teams alive like you know if this was last year where you knew the eight uh by like thanksgiving they would have clinched you know a couple weeks ago probably uh yeah so yesterday we just heard the highlights 3-2 win over detroit right back at it today 130 in detroit uh a really poor start uh that first period especially the first 10 to 12 minutes was about as bad as they've looked 
pretty much all season. And then they completely turn it around in the second period and look at their absolute most dominant. They, by the seven, I think it was by the seven minute mark of the second period, they were out shooting Detroit 12 nothing in that period and shot attempts were 22 to nothing. Like, that's insane. And then they finally break through with that Lindholm goal uh, and then eventually tie it and go on to win in the third. But. We, you know, we have seen we've seen a couple off periods here, and that that was a third period against Edmonton, really second and third period against Edmonton, where they let a two goal lead slip away, and then the slow start Saturday against Detroit, which is you know not really how you want to respond after a tough a tough loss, at least a start. But I'm wondering, like, is it even worth getting concerned about because these games feel. I don't want to say pointless, but they're so far ahead and there is still time to go. You know, if this were the last week and they were taking half a game off, I'd I'd be a little more concerned where it's like, okay, you, you really want to get your game round into form now. With 18 games left, it's like, does it matter? Does it matter at all if, you know, they blow the lead Thursday, they start slow? Like, I know you don't want to let bad habits creep in, but there's still there's still enough time left to, like, Get on track to fix anything that needs to be fixed. Agree completely. There, there's there's no reason to worry about any of the results for the next three weeks, four weeks. Uh, I think we're going to see more of it. I think we'll see some off periods, some some lethargic periods where this group that again the motivation is going to continually get harder to get up, and you're going to have teams that are giving it everything they have. These afternoon games, we know how tough those are just to be get out of bed, get going, especially with back-to-backs and travel. You look at the game today in Detroit, then next weekend against the Wild in Buffalo, both of those teams fighting for their playoff lives. Two tough games in the afternoon. Can they show up on time? Then later on, you got uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina with travel on the back-to-back. So, so no, there's going to be... There's going to be some some shifts that don't go well. There'll be some periods that don't go well, but I don't think any of it matters until we're talking about that last week of the season where if the power play still, you know, giving up shorthanded goals still or if they can't get out of their zone on a consistent basis, then then there'll be there'll be reason for us to talk about it, but even then you you do have to have the confidence in this group to that they know what game one is going to feel like in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're not going to be surprised by the the pace, and, and they'll be ready for that. Yeah, and even if the overall results don't matter, I think there are certainly certain guys and areas of the roster where these games are important, and one of them is the fourth line who had a great game on Saturday and really led the way. I mean, in the first period, that Greer-Nosek-Hathaway line was the only one getting any consistent offensive zone time, they were the only ones bringing energy, and they kept it up throughout the day and get rewarded with the game-winning goal where it's all three of them off the rush, Greer shot, Hathaway bangs home the rebound. And, you know, Emily Kaplan of ESPN reported during the game yesterday that, and we we were kind of already suspecting this, but, you know, it hadn't really been, like, firmly reported, that basically Hall and Felino could both be back, potentially game one of the playoffs. She said, uh, you know, what she heard is the second opinion on Taylor Hall's injury was much more positive than the first. And Nick Felina was looking at a six-week timetable, which would put him back basically last week of the regular season or first week of the playoffs. So you look at, you know, where do those guys fit in when they're back? 
naturally you look at the fourth line as, okay, well, you know, one or two guys there are coming out. Those guys are, you know, they're they're battling. Like, they this these games are important to them because they're the ones with playing time on the line down the line. And, you know, especially, like, you look at a guy like A.J. Greer who last Saturday only saw about four minutes of ice time, you know, seemed to kind of be shuffled out even in-game. Really strong game for him yes, a Really strong game for that whole line. And it's like that's exactly what you want because you need that line to to set the tone that's going to be so important down the stretch and into the playoffs. And they did it yesterday. Exactly. They, they're, they are, you know, and A.J. Greer is fighting to prove that he will be ready game one, game seven, game six, second round, whatever it is, to be ready on that fourth line and, and play a straightforward physical game. And and listen, they these guys recognize and you're you're in the dressing room, you're looking at the schedule, the you know, as the Bruins don't necessarily have a backup goaltender, but I've been in that backup goalie position. You're looking at this month and saying, All right, I've got to I've got to play really well four or five times for this group. And when you're on a winning team, you want to keep that momentum and that's what the seven D rotation's doing. That's what the the forward non rotation right now, but soon to be rotation by the sounds of it. Will will be a part of that, and and that builds competition within, and and that's super important for all Stanley Cup winning teams. And we talked about it right out of training camp, how it felt different this year, and the competition in the bottom six has been there all eighty two games right in through the preseason, and, and we can see now how how much that's paid off for this group. And I think we saw it yesterday. And you look at again, you, we just went through the back to backs. That's where this fourth line, the bottom, the depth guys. Are, are have their opportunities to pick up the slack. And, and they don't always get those opportunities. And when they do, you have to seize them as NHL hockey players. And, and they did that yesterday, and I would expect them having to do the same today. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the rotation and defense is part of that. Again, that's a spot where right now, yeah, you, you have the rotation. That's fine. It's a great way to keep everyone fresh. At some point, we expect McAvoy, Lindholm, Orlov to all be part of that for at least a game or two, get some rest built in. But if everyone stays healthy, ultimately you got to settle on on six, at least for game one. We know things can change within a series depending on how things are going. But, you know, those guys are are in a friendly competition for, for that spot in the game one lineup. And I thought yesterday was interesting cause, because Jim Montgomery started the game with Grizzlick and Clifton together on the third pairing. They kind not that they were the only ones on the team getting caved into their own zone, but they sort of got caved in for a few shifts, gave up some chances, and then Montgomery changes it, and he puts Grizzly back with McAvoy and puts Orlov and Clifton together. And on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, that worked and, and looked better. On the other, it's like Grizzly might have to find a way to stick on a third pairing if he's going to be in the game one lineup because I think it's pretty clear to me at least that Orlov's best spot is next to McAvoy. Like, that is a really good top pairing for you. And, you know, Grizzlick's playing time might have to come winning a battle against either Forbort or, or Clifton. So if you're breaking up that third pairing in the first period, to me that's not a great sign that Jim Montgomery has a ton of faith in maybe his ability to play that role. Yeah, it's it's going to be – it's very matchup dependent, I think, for that situation on the on the back on the third line and I don't know what what team they have to play for that to work but there's no question that 
They really want to lean on Lindholm Carlo as well. And I think when you have Lindholm Carlo, that you can't put Orlov on your third pairing. We, we see what kind of player he is, what kind of defender is. He's a 20-plus minute a night. So he's not going to get those minutes if it's Grizzlick McAvoy as the top pairing. So, so if you back into it that way, yes, it does make it difficult to, to have Matt anywhere but that bottom pairing. And, and I think the matchup depends on it. But at the end of the day, you've got to have Orlov, Lindholm, McAvoy out there the majority of the, the minutes. And, and with Lindholm Carlo playing so well together defensively, and, and such a good match because Lindholm can go, Carlo stays back, that that it does make it difficult. And, and again, I we we have to be careful to read into it too much, right, this, this early, just like we're talking about everything else. But but I think that assessment through the first six, seven games with Orlov is pretty, pretty dead on. Yeah, and we know what Fulbert means to the penalty kills. Even though, you know, he rotates out yesterday. By the way, probably helps his case that they give up a power play goal against, like, you know, and it doesn't guarantee that that doesn't happen if he's out there. But, you know, we know, like, he's going to be the one out there to start that that penalty kill. And uh, that unit this season has looked much stronger with him out there. So you might be talking about Grizzly versus Clifton. And Forbert and Clifton just have a lot more time together. So that's a big advantage in, in those two's favor. It is. And for me, as a, a former goaltender, I would be I would be pretty close to campaigning the coaches to have Forbert in game one. Uh, I want Forbert in my lineup in the playoffs just for all of his intangibles, his block shots, his penalty killing, his length. I understand um, when you compare him directly to Grizzly puck moving, there's there's not much you know they're two different ways of playing the game, but. But what Forbert brings is is pretty important to this group. And to, every time he's out of the lineup, the PK doesn't look as uh, in sync. So so that that does go a long way, and that's certainly noticed by by the coaching staff and the entire group. All right, we are off and running on Sunday skate. Uh, I already see Maria, who we're going to get to after the break. Plenty to break down. Uh, forwards, defense. Do you want to touch on goaltending a little bit as well as we get going and our usual look around the Eastern Conference? Um, because some pretty important developments. Steven Stamkos gets banged up Saturday night. That could obviously be a game changer if that's anything serious. Uh, as always, you can join us. Call in 617-779-7937. Text us 37937. We'll be back right after this break. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Bruins came back to beat the Red Wings 3-2 at home with a win. The Bruins became the fastest team to reach 50 wins in a season in NHL history. Lindholm scored first. Bergeron added a goal on the power play. And Hathaway scored his first as a Bruin in the win. The Bruins have a rematch with the Red Wings this time in Detroit at 1.30 p.m. today. The Celtics held off the Atlanta Hawks 134-125. to Tatum was, had a team-high 34 points in the Celtics' second win in a row. The Seas continue their road trip with an 8 p.m. tip-off tomorrow night against Houston. Today is Selection Sunday for the NCAA Tournament. We will carry the coverage from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. here on WEI. And coming up next, Fitzy and Hart from 11 to 1 p.m. Then it's Red Sox Baseball here on the Shaws and Star Market Red Sox Radio Network. Will Fleming and Lou Merloni have the call. The Sox play the Yankees in Fort Myers, Florida, 105 first pitch. I'm Bridget Pru, and that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For the guys, Scott McLaughlin and Andrew Razor Raycroft. It's Sunday Skate on WEEI. We always try to find a way, obviously, to to play you know that heavy fourth line game because uh, we have so much skill up front that I think that we need a little bit of of uh, pushback whenever um, they become physical, and we need to set the tone. You know, we need to set the tone for not only those lines coming up, but also uh, that. You know, you're not going to be able to push anyone around. And for us, especially this time of year, guys are battling uh, to make the playoffs and and people are, you know, giving their best shots with only about 20 games left. So that's, I think, that we feed off of that. We feed off the energy. We feed off the challenges. That is A.J. Greer talking about the Bruins' fourth line and kind of the identity and the energy that they can bring that, that we referenced in the first segment that they absolutely did bring in Saturday's win. Uh, it's a Sunday skate. You can call in if you want. 617-779-7937. Text us 37937. And we have Maria from Watertown on the line. And she wants to touch on that fourth line. Maria, good morning. Good morning. If that fourth line continues to play in the manner in which they played yesterday, they are going to be a matchup nightmare in the playoffs. Their energy alone, I think, lifted that the, the rest of the team to, to get their legs going. And, and all hail to Linus Ulmark, because if it wasn't for him, that game would have been um, it would have been over for the Bruins. He made some spectacular saves. And um, just a couple of questions for you gentlemen on um, a couple of points that you raised. On the PK, I think Forbert is absolutely 
crucial because I think Brandon Carlo lost his man yesterday um, on that Detroit power play goal. And maybe that would have happened if Forbert was out there, but that that layer of having him out there um, is is crucial. And, and with respect to Matt Grizzlick, I'm going to ask my question um, and preface it with, I understand that this young man is having a great season, but if he were on another playoff contending team with the likes of Charlie McAvoy and Orlov and Lindholm, would he really be a top pairing guy? That's my question, guys. Have a great morning. Thanks, Maria. Uh, so, you know, the the idea of, like, Grizzly as a top pairing guy, I think it's important to separate how they line up at five-on-five five versus how minutes actually get distributed because you can be on a top pairing at five-on-five five and not be one of the top three or even four guys in minutes. And that has been the case with Grizzick a lot. Like, he... He gets a lot of five-on-five shifts with McAvoy, but he'll still have games where his minutes are 16, 17 minutes, and he's, you know, fourth or fifth among defensemen in ice time. So that's – and that kind of plays to his strengths because you're putting him in – he is at his best at five-on-five. He doesn't get power play time. He doesn't get very much penalty kill time. And he's at his best in kind of more offensive situations, which is what he's in with McAvoy. So the idea behind that pairing is – you are optimizing Grizzly's skill set, which is a good skill set to have. Like I know a lot of people want to write write Matt Grizzly off, but in that role, he is very effective, and that's reflected in every number you can look at, whether it's traditional plus minus or all of the advanced stats. Jim Montgomery called him a needle mover for them, and he has been. The problem, as I see it, is Dmitry Orlov can do pretty much all those things that Grizzle can do at five on five and more and he'll kill penalties and he can handle tougher defensive assignments and he's more physical and he's getting power play time now. So it kind of becomes a bit redundant, at least in that one spot. It does. And again, it, uh, the other the other thing to that is Charlie McAvoy really likes playing with Matt Grizzlick. And, and I think if you ask Charlie McAvoy, he would say that Matt Grizzlick makes him a better player as well. So so that's another addition to that when when those two are together and, and not you know, Grizz is has a plus thirty four on the season. He's he's tied with Carlo behind Lindholm, who is plus forty, which is off the charts. But he he's very responsible defensively when he's with McAvoy on that top line. Yes, he's not considered a shutdown guy, but he doesn't have the puck in his zone very often when those two are together. So uh, it, it's it, it's just a it's just a product of the the richness that this team has that we're having this discussion. Because if if he wasn't here, it would be we'd be talking about how good that top pairing is and how they play well together. And, and listen, at the end of the day, you're going to need him. You're going to need them to win a Stanley Cup because there are going to be injuries on the back end. Not everyone's going to play all the games in the playoffs. So it's kind of semantics a little bit right now looking forward because, again, he's checking in. He's going to play a big role in that. It's just, to your point, what what Orlov is and brings to this entire league is a little bit different. And, that, and that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad player. It just means that the Bruins have so many options within their back end and within their seven because – you can go through and, and find a reason to have all seven in the lineup. And that's such a such a bonus. And there's no other Stanley Cup contending team that has that. 
And I think that's why the other teams wouldn't have this discussion is more because they're not as deep as the Bruins do one through seven. And, and that puts Matt in this position where, where we, we try and justify his positioning on the ice and on the roster. Yeah. And, and I mentioned, you know, Grizzly maybe not being a fit on the third pairing. And I want to make it clear, like, it's not, it's not like he can't succeed in that role in 2019 when they went to the cup final, he was on the third pairing with Kevin Miller and he was very good in that role. Uh, you know, we know he ended up getting injured in the cup final on what I still think was a pretty cheap hit, but regardless, he knocked him out and that hurt them. Like they, they missed him mm-hmm. for those, I think it was four games he missed in the middle of that series. And so he's done it before. Like he's been in a more defensive role. He's been paired with a more stay at home guy. My point would just be, he hasn't done it much this year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was a while ago. He's been in that kind of more offensive role with McAvoy for a while now. So you can give him that time and you can try to see how it looks. But again, yesterday, Jim Montgomery went away from it pretty quickly and put him right back up with, with McAvoy because it's really tempting to do that when you're, when you fall behind two nothing and you're like, well, I have this pairing that I know works and has been really good for me all year. Like how, how much longer am I going to roll with a pairing that isn't really clicking right now? Yeah, and that's that's how you can see this working out in the playoffs. When they go through a two-game stretch and, and things aren't going offensively, and it's going to happen, there's going to be a two-, three-game stretch within these playoffs where they're not rolling perfectly, and, and that's where you lean to. And, and it's just like leaning to David Pasternak going up on the top line. It's a very similar feel where there's that, that fallback crutch that you do have that you know, to your point, and that's the biggest thing is you know it works. You know 100% that it works and that you can go to it at certain times in certain situations. So it, it's all positive. It, it's, I think Matt, I know Matt has a great attitude about it. I know Matt's as good of a teammate as anybody in the, in the National Hockey League and loves being a Bruin, and, and he's going to do whatever it takes and, and be ready for whatever uh, role he has. Let's touch on Maria's first point, which is about the, the fourth line being you know, a matchup nightmare in the playoffs. And I agree, if they're playing like that, then yes, absolutely, they're the kind of line that can set a tone that, again, to use Don Sweeney's language, create anxiety on the forecheck. I guess my question is, what is the fourth line actually going to look like come playoffs? Because we mentioned, you know, Hall and Felino, or at least one of them could be back by then. How does that kind of reshuffle things? Because those are two guys who, if they're healthy enough to play, they're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not... Not easing them back in. You're not rotating. Like none of that. Those guys are regulars. Tyler Bertuzzi, who you just acquired, he's a regular. He's too good to be rotated out. So, you know, does Trent Frederick get bumped down to the fourth line? Is you know Greer seems like the easy one to take out, even though he just had a great game and really made a case for himself. I think Hathaway you want in there. Yeah. You know, no sec. Like I know people will be like, "Oh, just put Trent Frederick at center, bump Nosek out." I don't know. I mean, Jim Montgomery really values what Thomas Nosek brings and his ability to win a lot of defensive zone faceoffs. He's one of their top penalty killing forwards, and yeah, you can say like, "Oh, Trent Frederick can do that," but Trent Frederick is not as good on faces as Thomas Nosek is. He hasn't played that role as much. Like it. It's a great problem to have, but there definitely becomes a, a log jam for those last few forward spots. There does. There is, I should say. And and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they work them through. I would say 
for me, I'm looking at Hall's a third line left wing. There's no question about that. Hall, Coyle, Pra, can you move Bertuzzi over to that right side if everyone's healthy? And then you have the check line and then Bergeron's line. And then the bottom, the, 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 with everyone healthy, you go Felino, Nosik, and Hathaway. Uh, that, that's how it feels to me. That's that's would be my thought. I think, again, you're going to see all players. Everyone's going to get in the lineup. I think Frederick's ability to move up and down and play center if necessary is really beneficial for him and this team. But I look at Nosik similar to Forbert uh, as a guy who, who played goal. I want Thomas Nosik out there. His left shot ability to win faceoffs to be the first one over the boards in certain penalty kill situations, to be able to take time off of Patrice Bergeron's plate in that scenario, and just the, his ability, the confidence the team has in his ability to be rock solid in the own zoning and get it from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. That's what the fourth line key is, is to change that momentum to flip ice in certain games and playoffs. And I think you need Nosek in the lineup to do that. I think we saw without him in the lineup, it was a little bit harder for that back that that fourth line to do that. So, so I think when everyone's healthy, you see Hall and Felino check back in on the left side, try and work Bertuzzi over on the right on the third line, and then keep Hathaway. I, they they brought Hathaway in to be that big heavy guy and that's play playoffs. Frederick would also be out in that situation, right? Correct. Yeah. So Frederick and and Greer out. I I would. That's where I would see game one. Everybody healthy, but. We're already talking about Felino maybe not being like we already know that there's going to be ins and outs and and I think the ability to to move a Bertuzzi up the lineup. And you don't think Frederick in over Felino? I I think what Felino's done this season and his veteran ability, his playoff ability, his ability also to jump into the center role, I think is something that's that's valued maybe just slightly more just based off experience. And, and I think when you look at you know what again what he's brought to this team this season you have to when he's healthy you have to get him in the lineup yeah I think I agree that that's how it would look and it's it's tough because you know Trent Frederick has had a career year and he's Mm -hmm. really proven himself and and he's been productive even in that third line role like him him and Coyle have very obvious chemistry together um you know there's been times in the past where you would healthy scratch Frederick and not really think twice about it uh, but he's definitely, you know, he's earned a spot. Again, you, this is what happens when you have one of the deepest teams we've ever that's right. seen. Like, no, that's 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 it. We're yeah. on the we're on the radio trying to make a hot take, but w- we feel like we have to apologize for all the decisions we're making because this team's so good, and because even AJ Greer has contributed so much to this team, and and, and it's I can't. You know, you can't explain how important that is and, and why this team has 50 wins right now and why only the Stanley Cup will will be good enough. It's because of these decisions that, that we're apologizing for because there's so many good players. And, and it, you, you know, you just go back to you're going to need all of them. They're all going to play. They're all going to be important. And that's the message inside the room. So if we hold a guy out, I think they recognize and they understand that they're still going to be important too. Here's a question too. Hall... I feel like over the last few games, his his absence has been more noticeable. Razor, is that something that you're noticing too? It, it kind of feels like they needed this good news on the injury front with him because it's been it's been hard without him. I completely agree. I, again, this it's it's another one of those situations, another one of those players where when they're not in the lineup, 
you can notice it and you feel it. And when they are in the lineup and, and Taylor hasn't scored in 12 games, it's easy to, well, he's got to get going offensively. He's got to do more. And then when he's not in the lineup, you're like, oh, yeah, he pushes the pace pretty good over on that last side. Oh, yeah, he's a pretty tough matchup for defensemen. Oh, yeah, other teams in the league really do key on him, even if he is on the third line. They're worried about him on the ice and his ability to 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 go from the defensive zone to the offensive zone as quick as he does and as as big of a threat as he is. I think to your point, we they have missed him over the last little while, and you can see where that pace has dropped just a little bit on that third line. Be fascinating to see how it works with Bertuzzi, and and that that feels like a, a Marcus Johansson type third line where you can really get some offensive production out of that group in certain matchups and even on the road in the playoffs. Well, I thought it was interesting. So on Saturday, we get the move that Montgomery had made in practice, which is Bertuzzi bumping up to the second line with Krejci and Pasternak and Zaka down to the third line. And when Montgomery was explaining, you know, some of his reasoning behind it, he mentioned that he thought Zaka, Coyle, Frederick can be a shutdown line, like a secondary shutdown line. And, you know, so I think that there becomes a question of what identity do you, you know what the identity is on the fourth line? You know what your top two lines are. What is the identity of that third line? Because a Zaka, Coyle, Frederick shutdown line is different from if you eventually end up with Hall, Coyle, Bertuzzi, that's a go line. That's an offensive yep. line. Like that's not, that's not a line you're burying with D zone starts. That's the line you want to get offensive chances for so you know I think there's also kind of that equation of what exactly do you want that third line to be obviously you know generally teams that win the cup they're getting offense from the third line we've seen that we've seen when the Bruins have it they make deep runs when they don't they've had some early exits so I lean towards the offense and you know if it if the line isn't as strong defensively then so be it I'll lean on that fourth line Maybe the Bergeron line has to get more D-zone shifts to make up for it. But it is interesting, though, that Montgomery wanted to take a look at what that line can do as kind of a more of a shutdown defensive line. It is, and they used them against the Leafs. The last game in Boston, they moved Zaka down as well and used that against the Matthews line. And they can, at home, you can work that line and really use that matchup. And again, that's the beauty of... And depending on the team they play in the first round, I think it is going to be it's going to be very New England Patriot like with this lineup, with this organ, with this first round matchup in that you're going to really focus on the opponent and really dial up your game plan based on what you're playing. You're going to really dial up your lineup based on what's on the other side. And and the ability to do that is such a luxury that most teams don't have. Most teams are rolling out their 12 guys and, and hoping for the best. But you can you can match up depending on the road, depending at home, depending on who's playing well in the series, who scores for the other team in the first couple games. You can really dial it up a bunch of different ways. And we're going to see a lot of that and be able to parse some of it from the coaching staff over the next few weeks as he tinkers and talks about putting Zaka there as a matchup. And when Hall's back, where do they move him? Maybe they put him on the second line in, in a similar situation and put you know put Zaka back on the third line. So it, there, there'll be a bunch of moving parts, but I really, truly, truly believe, like we're talking about on the back end and up front, that it's going to be Patriot-like week-to-week matchups. What did you think of Bertuzzi on the second line with Krejci and Pasternak yesterday? 
I, again, he can play anywhere. He, he's it's 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 such a different look because we've seen what Zaka does, and and David and David play so so uh, well together, so much chemistry without thinking. So it's a really tough spot for Bertuzzi just to jump in and figure out wherever those two guys want to go because they play hockey on a different IQ level than everyone else, and it's not always easy to jump in and get it. Right away. So I'd be interested to see today, do they keep it there? How long are they going to allow that to, to marinate and, and get a feeling for it? Or if it is cert, just a, one of those one and done in and out situations. So I'm more interested to see if they stay with it rather than giving uh, a grade on Bertuzzi just playing one game. I, I think it'll be, it, it's, it's a tough to do it once and, and it should be easier the next few times they do it if they stay with it. Do you like that they have a net front guy on that line when you have him there instead of Zaka? It kind of changes the way that that looks. It does. I'm not sure. I'm not always sure if the way they play needs a net front guy. That's that's the only thing. They have that five-man rotation going, especially when they're with a certain D pairing that's offensive, whether it's a Grizzlick and a McAvoy. You see how many times have, how many times has that line scored with Krejci up at the, coming all the way up at the blue line, just taking a wrister to the front of that, and to your point, net front f- presence, but they have Pasternak and, and, and Zaka in front of the net. So, so yes, you can work that, but again, for Bertuzzi just to figure that out in one game is, is asking a lot. Uh, if they stick with it, then yes, that front man, as long as it's worked all the way around kind of in that Globetrotter-type style, it, you need someone there. I, I'm just not sure if, it, if it's so direct that it's Bertuzzi, you need to go to the front of the net and just stand here. Um, and that's what makes it hard for for a player jumping on that line because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Bertuzzi and Zaka both have is vision. They are both good playmakers, and we saw Bertuzzi set up Pasenak for a nice one-timer from the high slot uh, yesterday, You know, so we know, all right, Pasenak's going to like playing with the guy who can set him up, but Zaka was also doing that. You know, Zaka's near the top of the team and five-on-five five assists, has been all year. So, like, that was working, and I think Bridget brings up a good point. Like, Bertuzzi can bring more of a net front, maybe grinding style, like play around the net. Zaka, on the other hand, we've seen him finish from distance. He's mm-hmm. buried some shots when he gets that look from the high slot or from the circle. And, you know, Bertuzzi scored 30 goals last year, but he's generally going to be more of a, an in-close scorer. So, it just it changes that look a little bit of what that line is and maybe where they're going to score from, where they're going to play from. Um, I would definitely be interested in seeing more of it, uh, whether it's today or another game at some point. But, again, like we were saying on defense, it's it's tough to break up something that's working so well. I know. And like that, that check line has – the Bruins have outscored opponents 27 to 12 <laughs> when they've been on the ice. Like, you know, what do you – what are you really trying to get away from that for? You know, it's it's good to experiment, but like that's been a great line for you for the better part of the season. That's right. It's, it's just hard. The coaches are going to really have to see something different that the rest of us and the rest of the league is seeing to, to split those guys up because the analytics, the stats, the eye test, everything backs up putting those three together and and really leaning on them. So again, it'd have to be some kind of a matchup. It would have to be some kind of a, 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 a trait that they see in the team on the other side 
that they think they can exploit to, to really tinker with those top two lines, from my point of view. It's kind of funny because earlier in the season, we were only talking about breaking the check line up for the perfection line, but now you have this third option, and I guess in the playoffs, you could choose your matchup. You could even go to the perfection line. You could put Bertuzzi yeah. on the second line, or you could keep the check line together. You could, yeah, like you can, theoretically, you could put, it's crazy, all the options they have. You could theoretically put, David up there for the, pat, the the perfection line and drop DeBrusque into the third line right wing spot and have a third line of Hall coiled DeBrusque. Think of the pace that line's bringing in a Stanley Cup playoff at some point. So the, the options are unlimited. It's it's fascinating and it's so it's enjoyable for us to to banter about it because there's so many different options that that probably would still work. <laughs> All right, we have one more segment of Sunday Skate after this break. Get Fitzy and Hart after that. Red Sox baseball at 1 o'clock. Uh, again, you can call in 617-779-7937. Text us 37937. We'll be back after this. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back to Sunday Skate on WEEI. You know, um, and I've seen it repeatedly. There was one game where I, I thought he wasn't very good in the third period. It was the end of the back-to-back game in Calgary. Like, all of a sudden, he found, I don't know if he found the fountain of youth or something, but I'm like, did someone just inject him with steroids? Because he's just flying around, you know? Like, that's his ability within a game to find his elite level is pretty impressive. <laughs> so that, that is Jim Montgomery talking about Hampus Lindholm. I'm sure Ampus appreciated the blood test and the urine test he had to take yeah. all week long because of that statement. As soon as they landed in Detroit. <laughs> Here you go. Night. Here you go, Hampus. Come come with us. Yeah, I was like, that's that's not something you hear people in sports <laughs> joke about too much. I love it. This team can do whatever they want. They do whatever they want. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's awesome. Uh, Hampus definitely has a long week of uh, doctors in yeah. front of him. <laughs> um, all right. So I did want to take a look around uh, the rest of the Eastern Conference. I had mentioned, uh, you know, Stamco, Steven Stamkos got banged up for Tampa Saturday night. Sounds like he's going to be okay. They're saying it was just precautionary, but that looked a little scary in real time where, like, he, he got hit. He kind of went down awkward, and then he went to stand up, and, like, his leg just completely gave out on him. Um but sounds like he's going to be okay. The Leafs had their own injury scare with Ryan O'Reilly breaking a finger. Um, he's supposed to be back, you know, by the end of the regular season. So everyone's kind of dealing, just like the Bruins have it with Holland Felino, like everyone's kind of dealing with something like this where you're just hoping to get to the finish line healthy. You're hoping that the guys who do get hurt just get back for game one or close to it. Um, you know, I do think we, we're seeing a little bit, of, of a little bit of separation maybe 
the uh, wild card picture coming into focus a little bit where, you know, it's still a little too early to talk about who the Bruins might be playing in the first round. But because that wild card race has been so jumbled up all year with, you know, at times it's been like six or seven teams there. The Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders have gotten a little bit of breathing room. Uh, Right now, Pittsburgh's in the seventh spot, 76 points. Islanders also have 76 points, but Pittsburgh has three games in hand on them. And then it's three points back to Florida. Washington has fallen off a little bit. We know they sold. Um, Ottawa had a really bad loss at Vancouver. Buffalo has dropped off a bit. Detroit dropped off and, and sold off pieces including Tyler Bertuzzi. So I do think there's there's a good chance that it's going to be either the Penguins or Islanders in the first round for the Bruins. And I have a clear separation in terms of which one I wouldn't want to face. Razor, I'm wondering uh, if you have any preferences among these group of teams or anyone. You know, we know the Bruins are going to be heavy favorites. We we know they should beat anyone, but anyone you, you might want to avoid. Well, you look at the Islanders and and what the the way they play with Ilya Sorokin. That that's the wild card. You have Sorokin. You know it'll be a very difficult series, no matter who the Islanders play. And, and I'm kind. I'm with you for the most part. I think Ottawa, Buffalo have shown that they're not quite ready with these losses that they've taken. Um, they still have some games in hand, but I, I think it. Pittsburgh and the Islanders, you know, have it figured out. They know what they need to do here the next few months. They know how to get that third point, which is so crucial this time of year when you're fighting the wild card. The one caveat is Florida because they're similar. President Cup trophy winning. They can go on a run. They can score goals. Uh, They can't keep them out of their net, but they might score enough to to find a way to get those couple points on the Islanders. But but I agree with you that it it seems like Pittsburgh and the Islanders are gonna gonna figure it out to get in. And out of those two teams, even with Sid and Malkin and Latang, the depth of the Islanders is a little more balanced, and you know they'll get a little more out of their third and fourth line defensively, if not offensively. And Ilya Sorokin. I'd rather face Jari DeSmith than than a Sorokin any day. So, yes, um, one of those two teams, it won't be easy by any means, but there's no question the Bruins should should find a way uh, through either of those teams or any of those teams on the bottom. But it is starting to separate a little bit. Yeah, the the Islanders are the one that I I would want to avoid, ideally, just because, like you said, Ilya Sorokin is the kind of goalie who – can steal a couple games who, you know, you outshoot them 45-23 and he stops 44 of them and just catches fire in a, in a short series. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because it's like that's one of those things where it's there's only so much you can do about it. Like what it's why goalies are the great equalizer. Like if he now if you're the Bruins, hey, you have the best goaltending in the league. That's right. So you still feel pretty good about that, but I would I would like the Bruins' chances much more against a high-scoring team where, you know, they're going to make mistakes, things are going to open up. It's that team that can shut things down, that can potentially slow down the Bruins' offense, and the Islanders are fifth in the league in team defense, and Sorokin's a huge part of that. If you get into, like, some of the advanced goalie stats, like, you know, goal save above expected and all that, Sorokin's really the only one who's, like, right there with Mm -hmm. Allmark on that level. Um, obviously, Almark has the wins and all the raw stats, but yeah, that's a team that 
again, the Bruins should beat. You know, I don't think Sorokin can steal a whole series against them, but might be tougher and more frustrating than than you would want that first round to be. Yes, that's 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 what we're talking about. I don't think that I don't think either one of us. I'll, I'll speak for you that think any of these teams can knock win four games against the Bruins in ten days. It's not an issue. It's just more a matter of what's what more what's going to be more of a slog. And, and when you look at it, it's the Islanders and their ability to to play solid defensively and have the goaltending they do. The the caveat to your point earlier was that Allmark can do the same, and or he can if if. If Sorokin makes 44 saves on 45, or Allmark will make 23 at 23 and, and, and change things up. So I just want to jump in. I hear the music. We're getting out of here. But a huge morning for the U10 Junior Eagles girls. Won in overtime this morning, playing in the state finals this afternoon, along with her twin brother playing in the Fed finals uh, up in Salem. So I got to give my twins some love, 2013s, because I'm missing their game and, and I'm heartbroken about it. Yes, all the best to to the Raycroft family and their playoffs. They are already at more importantly than all yes. of this stuff. Ninety three seven W E E I Boston Sports Original. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.